1: Uh today we'll be talking about the upcoming presidential transition and uh have a few organizations uh, around town who are covering uh both what what the career workforce as well as uh the, the political apparatus and the incoming uh administrations and transition teams are gonna be Uh, focusing on uh, via the transition. Uh, Pleased to welcome uh, to the show today in studio, Alan Howes uh, from the IBM Center for the Business of Government. He is the project manager for the Management Roadmap Initiative, uh, a collaboration between the IBM Center and the Partnership for Public Service. Uh, Welcome to the program, Alan.
2: Thanks, Jason. Pleasure to be here.
1: And v- via phone, I've got Carol Bonasara, the President Emeritus of the Senior Executives Association. SCA has been uh, working on uh, transition work uh, related to uh, how the Career Executive Corps uh, needs to be preparing for for the upcoming transition. Welcome, Carol.:
3: Good morning. It's delightful to be with you.
1: Well, thank you so much. Uh, Later in the program for a a segment, we'll also have Dr. David Chu, president of the Institute for Defense Analyses, and a fellow with the National Academy of Public Administration, uh, joining to talk about NAPA's uh, focus area around the transition. Uh, Before we dive into our conversation today, I want to remind our listeners that FedTalk is brought to you by Long-Term Care Partners. Long-Term Care Partners administers the Office of Personnel Management sponsored federal long-term care uh, insurance program. Uh, well, we've got a lot of ground to cover today, uh, so, so I want to just dive right in here, um, Alan and Carol, uh, and, and talk a little bit about um, briefly, kind of the, in broad brushes, what each of your organizations are, are, are working on and, and what your areas of focus are relative uh, to the transition. Uh, and we'll also be getting into uh, some of the key uh, dates and milestones and uh, 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 things that are framing this conversation as we. Uh, move towards the election and, and the incoming administration. Um, Alan, why don't we start with you? Sure.
2: So the uh, the IBM Center for the Business Government is yeah, has been involved in transition efforts before. Uh, our Getting It Done book uh, has been a, a, a staple for incoming a, appointees and, and career folks alike uh, for a number of years. And you know, this year, uh, in addition to updating the Getting It Done book, we are partnering with the Partnership for Public Service. Uh, on their ready to govern initiative as part of their new Center for Presidential Transition, and the uh, the goal of that initiative is really to to surface a number of ideas and recommendations from from career and political current and former leaders around you know what can the new administration do to help implement their policies? What are the management tools, techniques, and and ideas that can be brought to bear to really help them get a a faster start? So. Uh, so we're pleased to be working with the partnership. They've got a, a broader 4 prong effort underway where they're looking at supporting not only the campaign uh, transition process in terms of what are the mechanics of setting up a transition, also working with Congress and uh, things like the appointments process, um, looking at, uh, again, the, the management agenda that, uh, that we're working on, and, and appointee preparation. So for incoming appointees and, and also to, to for career folks, how can we help to get them ready to go? How can you help train them up um, and so that they're, again, getting a faster start?
1: Thanks, Alan. And uh, Carol, I know that, that SEA is, is focusing on on that uh, career uh, employee side, especially what career executives uh, need to be doing and thinking about relative to the, the transition. Can you tell us a little bit about, about more of that work? And then uh, we'll later in the program uh, expand on both what uh, the IBM Center Partnership and SEA are up to in this area.
3: Indeed. Well, uh, obviously, the, the issue of preparing uh, political appointees to hit the ground running and, uh, of course, uh, weighing in on the next administration's uh, political agenda and management agenda are indeed critical. But as we looked around uh, months ago, we said, you know, it's interesting. There, uh, There's one group uh, that no one's focusing on, and so we are and that is the role of career executives in the transition. Uh, What's very interesting to me uh, is that uh, a good number of executives who are in their positions now uh, have likely not uh, been through a presidential transition at this level before. Uh, I know that was certainly true uh, before the start of the Obama administration we discovered that half of all career executives had been appointed to the SES during the course of the Bush administration so uh, we decided to to focus on uh, indeed the role of career executives during the transition uh, the kinds of things that they should be doing uh, to prepare uh, the kinds of challenges they might well find themselves in including acting uh, in political positions so Uh, We have undertaken a webinar series called Strategies and Best Practices for Managing the Transition to the New Administration uh, with the goal that ultimately after this series uh, we will be producing a compact handbook uh, for career executives, which as best I've been able to tell doesn't exist. So we just had our first webinar um, two days ago. And I think there was just a, a wealth of good advice and information. So we're looking forward to continuing that throughout the year.
1: Thank you so much, Carol. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about about that that project and, and that focus of SEA a little bit later in, in the program. Uh, we'd love to, to now move into talking a little bit about uh, some of the key uh Milestones and uh, uh, the framing that's that's supporting the, the transition process. Uh, I know that the president a few weeks ago issued an executive order, um, part of which would uh, help, uh, facilitate the standing up of uh, two different councils: um, one on the on the political side, on the House; the other on a transition director's house, which is more of a blend of of political and career leaders. Uh, as well as um, the OMB has launched the uh, uh, fiscal year. 18 uh, budget process and, and agencies there are, are intended to uh, think about uh, their, their programs and priorities um, and, and preparing that for the, the next administration. Uh, Alan, can you, can you give us a little bit more information on, on what's in that executive order and, and what some of these moving pieces look like uh, at the moment as, as we kick off this process in earnest now that we're uh, about uh, you know, a few months out from the election? Yeah,
2: I think it's there's a lot of exciting work that's being done, uh, not only by a, you know a range of of nonprofit groups, but you know really the, the the engine of transition within the government itself and the and the campaigns has rumbled to life. The the you know, campaigns have started stand up transition teams, uh, agencies such as GSA, you know, the National Archives, and others who play a direct role in supporting the transition teams uh, are up and running. Um, Federal agencies are identifying who their career transition directors are going to be. And, you know, and actually, you know, even Congress has jumped in with legislation they passed earlier this year to not only to fund transition efforts, but also to help to, to formalize the process for the handoff between the incoming and outgoing. So, again, a lot of encouraging signs um, in, in this. There's, there's really sort of three pieces to the puzzle. You've got the incoming administration. And the transition teams. You've got the the outgoing, um, the current Obama administration, and then you've got you know, the agencies. And so, if you sort of think of those three legs of the stool, uh, each of those again have a have a particular role to play. Uh, you mentioned the executive order, and, and as that came out uh, two about two weeks ago, I like got two weeks ago today actually, and uh, and that hit the uh, the six month goal that was actually in the legislation Congress passed to have an EO out uh, six months prior to the election. Uh, and what it does, it sets up a two-tiered approach. Really, you've got a, a, a political uh, group the the at the White House level, and then you've got a, an agency transition directors' council. Uh, and the, the interesting part of the EO, a couple of interesting pieces. One is that it really does put a strong emphasis on career leadership. Uh, it talks about not only the transition directors' council, it talks about the need to train up folks who might be in acting capacities. Um and so there's a i think a lot to a uh, lot to be done still but uh, i think there the pieces are in place to to make it happen
1: great thanks alan and, and carol curious your your thoughts and perspective on on that uh, that formalization of of the career executive role because that is something new that that was established with that le- legislation and, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll make this an, a smoother transition than than even the Obama to uh, Bush to Obama one was which was uh, widely seen as very successful.
3: Well, uh, it is a, a very welcome development. I mean, we we know that uh, there has been at, at least certainly in the transition to the Obama administration there is a career executive at GSA in charge of the process government-wide and indeed a new uh, director who's just been named at at gsa for this transition but the notion of transition directors for individual agencies and people who have the institutional memory who know how uh, the agencies work and how to get things done uh, are obviously critical and uh, you know my hope is certainly that uh, that's going to show the incoming administration, the career executive corps, uh, in in the kind of light that we hope they will view them, namely, uh, as people who are there to help them be successful. Uh, because that, over, as I think back uh, over the years, that certainly uh, has not uh, always been the case. Uh, of course, it varies a great deal depending upon... Uh, appointees' background and whether they've served in, in government before. Uh, but I, I think that places them just in exactly the kind of role they, they should be in, and uh, indeed looking forward to seeing how this is going to work.
1: As am I. Um, well, we're going to uh, take our first pause in, in the conversation here. And when we come back from our break, we're going to welcome Dr. David Chu to the conversation uh, to talk about the work of the National Academy of Public Administration uh, in this area. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Today we're featuring a discussion on the uh, upcoming presidential transition, and I'm uh, pleased to welcome back to the program uh, Dr. David Chu. Um, he's the president of, uh, at the Institute of Decent- Defense Analyses and a fellow of the National Academy of Public Administration who's helping lead the, the work of, of NAPA in this area, and uh, David has a limited amount of time today, so, so thank you very much for, for joining us today, David, to, to tell us a little bit about what NAPA's been doing in this area.
4: Well, thank you for allowing me to join the conversation because it is a great privilege, and this is a very important issue: how we sustain the smooth transition of our government from one, administ- one presidential administration uh, to the next. And Napa, as our, your listeners know, the National Academy of Administration is intended to be for public administration, something similar to what the National Academy of Sciences provides for the country in the physical and biological science uh, spaces. Uh, and it, uh, as its title suggests, is focused on management. Uh, management uh, is an issue that uh, uh, may not be the first thing a transition team thinks about, but will uh, often be something it quickly realize and, uh, needs, needs focus. Uh, we think back to the struggles of the last administration with Hurricane Katrina, for example, and the struggles of the current administration in the uh, uh, health care uh, uh, enrollment process as as uh, places where better management clearly could have produced better uh, results. The academy uh, proceeds by convening uh, expert panels. And one of the things the academy did was to poll its fellows, because the academy's uh, set of elected fellows uh, from the public administration space, people who have been uh, uh, in the government at various levels, people who have taught government uh, persons, uh, people who are currently serving government, and so it polled its fellows to... Ask them, if you were helping a new administration think about managerial issues, what would you focus on? And four subjects came up from that, from that poll as being the most important. One is, how do you get the various agencies to work together? Collaboration. Uh, second, how do you uh, get programs advanced based upon evidence, uh, what people call evidence-based decision-making, or what you might call performance-based uh, decision-making, Third, how do you look ahead? How do you get beyond the inbox and start to look at the more distant horizon? What could happen? What could be opportunities for the United States the administration ought to exploit? Uh, what could be problems for which you might take, uh, prophylactic, I guess, which you might take prophylactic action? Uh, and finally, uh, how are you going to have the talent to be successful? How are you going to recruit and retain uh, in the civil service side kind of people that uh, you need. And so these four panels are proceeding. They're each going to produce a short set of findings, recommendations that uh, it's our intent to uh, convey to the transition teams of the uh, two candidates. We assume two candidates will emerge here eventually. Um, uh, And that will be an important part of what we uh, we offer. I would want to mention two other things that are being uh, attempted. One is in partnership with the Uh, 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 with ASPA, the American Side of Public Administration, uh, to produce what people call a set of memos to leaders. So there's a more detailed set of papers on specific uh, topics that uh, deserve attention. And second, uh, in emulation of something that was done some years ago, people talked about the prune book, in other words, the set of political positions that uh, may not be the most attractive but are often most important to your administration's success. Uh, the variant here is what are the toughest of the political appointment positions that you must, Mr. President, fill with people from, uh, from your community? Uh, and we are soon going to convene to go through the whole list of political appointments and identify no specific number uh, as a goal, but you know, I suspect something in like the order of 100 of the perhaps uh, th- uh, 300 management positions in government, a larger number of political appointments than that, but that includes policy positions, special commissions, and so on. Uh, but uh, which are the toughest? The, the toughest in the sense of the challenges they present? And Therefore, uh, from a managerial perspective, what are the qualities you want to look for in the people you appoint to those positions? So that's a brief summary of, of where the academy stands. We're uh, hopeful this will be seen as helpful by the two campaigns. I acknowledge management may not be the issue they're most concerned with right now. But our message will be it ought to be the issue that you start to think about as January 20th gets closer.
1: Absolutely. Um, and I think that, that you know part of uh, what what all of the groups here today are, are demonstrating is that uh, uh, much of this needs to be thought about up front if, if we're intending this transition to be successful and then the next administration to uh find its legs as quickly as it can uh, upon landing uh, in the white house come come january uh, had a had a question for for you david and would also uh, open that up to the the panel here for for thoughts uh, uh, you know there there is a lot of focus around uh, political appointees who are who are coming in some of whom are in policy roles which is obviously appropriate and and some of whom are are going into more management roles and and i know that there's been a kind of ongoing and growing conversation around uh, competencies that might be necessary for for political appointees, especially in uh, in those um, uh, management-centric roles. But but a broader question that I'm I'm wondering if any of your groups are, are asking or hearing is uh, is anyone asking is the current number of of political slots and appointments the appropriate number? I think it's currently at around four thousand positions in, in the Plum Book. Uh, when you compare that to other governments around the world, uh, we, we have many more political appointments. And And I'm curious if, if that's an area of focus or conversation or any of our groups and and whether that is a, a seen as a, a helpful or a hindrance uh, in terms of the contribution of those individuals.
4: Well, I, it is a subject uh, that has been coming on extensively. Uh, and it's certainly true that some question whether we have too many. I, I would differentiate between political appointees broadly uh, and those subject to Senate confirmation or that hold presidential appointment status. Uh, The latter is a smaller group, about the uh, 1,000 count total on the uh, subject to Senate confirmation front. Uh, And some of those are commissions and boards and so on where people are worried about too much. I I do think there's a different set of issues there uh, than just the numbers. One is the off-with-your-heads problem. Uh, that unlike, uh, let's say, the British, which typically have a senior career civil servant who's seen as the in-house guru, so to speak, we don't generally have that. We, we have the political layer, and then there's the sharp division, and you have the career civil service layer. And I think whether well, there ought to be more mixing at the margin uh, so there is a little more continuity uh, is an interesting issue. And the other question, of course, is, is it really uh, helpful to have so many of these of uh, the most senior appointments, the presidential appointments, all subject to Senate confirmation? It takes a long time as a result to get an administration started, and I think that's another question for conversation uh, in the community going forward.
3: Well, I think there have. has uh, there's been such a proliferation over the years of uh, political uh, appointees, political positions, uh, indeed, apart from the those for Senate confirmation, and uh, one of the concerns that uh, I've certainly had, and I know many career executives have had, is that uh, what that does to uh, communication, to effective. Communication between political leadership and career leadership that extensive layering, but I think any notion of uh taking a whack at those uh numbers is really a non starter because you know my feeling is yeah if you are uh, the party in power. Uh, in the White House, uh, you have no self-interest in cutting those positions back. I think there there's a good management reason to do it, but I don't think it would be seen that way. And if you're the party out of power, you say, well, they are, but for the grace of God, go I, so why should we uh, chop these positions and come in and not have them available to us? So, uh, you know, it's a conversation we've been having for at least 30 years, if not more, and uh, I, I think it just isn't going
2: to go anywhere. And Jason, I'd add too that the uh, you know, there's a couple of questions in there. One is the number. Certainly, the number of appointees. The the partnership for public service was actually successful a few years ago in, in getting Congress to reclassify some of the political appointee positions. Uh, not a huge number, but but uh, it is an important step. And so I think there's some recognition that there are, there are certain positions that. Uh, that you would want to turn back over to to a career person. And in addition, as you're thinking about appointments, there are certain roles like CFOs where there's a a high degree of functional expertise that's required. And can the administration, whether those are career or not, can they look at filling those with people with a particular, whether it was a block appointments or a particular group of skills, um, So, and then, you know, the the point that Dr. Chu made, which is getting the right people into the positions, that's certainly been a focus through the management roadmap work and the conversations we've had with a number of leaders is the the critical importance of identifying what are those roles, um, whether it's the 100 hardest or what are those roles that have significant operational responsibilities in government that really do require uh, and need leaders who have a significant management background, who can come in and... and, um, and not have to spend the first year or two learning about management. So that's the critically important part. And then the the appointments process itself. So the the partnership has uh, has worked on sort of examining what is the you know what are the aspects of the confirmation process that slow it down. Uh, There's some interesting facts in that, which is that the a big part of that of uh, the slow process is actually getting appointees uh, through the on the on the administration side, getting them vetted. Uh, and identify that's actually about two thirds of the time it takes. So, so there's certainly an element uh, that Congress can do to accelerate that. But there's a lot that the administration itself coming in can't control uh, and, and should really think about how can they how can they get their teams in place faster? Um, how can they set targets for having you know the top 100 people in place say, by inauguration day? Having the the 400. Uh, key cabinet and subcabinet roles filled by the by the August recess. I think those are achievable goals, and with the appropriate planning, can be can be done.
3: You know, I would just want to tag on to something uh, Alan said about uh, some of the positions that uh, appropriately or more effectively uh, could have or should have. Uh, certainly folks with uh, the kind of background that's necessary for those positions. But, you know, uh, when the Senior Executive Service was created, uh, at that time every Assistant Secretary for Administration uh, throughout uh, the agencies were career executives, interestingly enough. Obviously, that's changed. We have a couple of agencies that by law uh, have to have a career as Uh, in those positions. I think there are two or three at the moment. So SEA has over the years uh, argued for uh, legislation to require, if not uh, some of those positions, such as CFOs or uh, the the major administrative positions to either uh, be held by careerists or at least for their deputies to be. Uh, And that's where you get the benefit of the kind of knowledge and experience that they bring.
1: I
0: just
4: add to what Alan was touching on uh, I think one of the most important management challenges for any new administration is getting your appointees in place promptly because without that you can't give the, the rudder orders so to speak that are consistent with your administration's uh, agenda and and you put the civil services extreme disadvantage in that situation which is not fair to it either uh, because you have this period of uncertainty what what is the direction the administration wants to go, and so on and so forth. It's not all that helpful. Uh, so this is, I think, just a basic point. Is there a way to accelerate this process through a variety of the, the options we've been discussing in the last uh, few minutes? With that, I apologize I have to sign off, but pledge to be with you even briefly.
1: Oh, th- thank you very much, uh, Dr. David Chu, for, for joining us today. Uh, absolutely uh, love having you on the program. And uh, thank you for, for making time to, to join our, our conversation today. And uh, uh, have a good day. This is a, a great time for us to take our, our next break. We'll continue our discussion. Uh, You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM you're a federal law enforcement officer, then you know to do your job, you tap inside sources. To have a voice on policy and legislation, you join FLIOA. And when you want federal law enforcement officer news and up-to-date federal court decisions, you read fedagent.com. If you aren't reading fedagent.com, subscribe today. It's free. Don't let this source pass you by. I'm John Adler, President of the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, and I approve this message. Welcome back. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Um, today I'm uh, joined by uh, Alan Howes of the IBM Center uh, for the Business of Government, uh, Carol Bonacero, the President Emeritus of the Senior Executives Association, and uh, for our last segment there, Dr. David Chu uh, from the Institute for uh, Defense Analyses uh, on behalf of the National Academy of Public Administration. Uh, David had to, to leave the program, but we're going to Continue forward here uh, because there's there's still much ground to uh, to cover. Um, we, we had talked about, uh, relative to the transition, uh, some, some big-picture considerations, but but want to get into a little bit more detail of, of what both SEA, uh, the IBM Center, and the Partnership for Public Service uh, are doing in this area. Um, Carol, I know that, that, as you mentioned earlier, uh, SEA recently had the, the first of a, a webinar series, and, and uh, there's more work planned ahead uh, on preparing the career core, uh, career executive core for, for the transition. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: Yes, well our, our first uh, webinar focused on uh, the role uh, of career executives uh, during transition. Uh, what's ahead in terms of the year? What's the uh, schedule? What's happening now? What uh, can they expect to see happening as the year goes by? And what they can and should begin to do right now to prepare themselves and and their agencies uh, for the transition. So, uh, in fact, we've been talking about um, the the second webinar. As I indicated, we have a series of four. And uh, I think that uh, what's going to make sense uh, is uh, we're going to, uh, probably focus a bit more on the uh, transition efforts, the transition coordinators within agencies and, and the government-wide effort uh, and and an effort to be certain that everyone uh, has a good sense of, of what's going on no matter where they are in the hierarchy. And then as we move uh, throughout the rest of the year in October, what to expect from transition teams and the next administration, and perhaps in integrating a bit of information uh, that's relevant to the candidates' policies and commitments, and uh, as they really focus more and more on the briefing materials they should be preparing. And then our final webinar in December is going to focus on how to engage effectively and support new political leadership uh, after their arrival. Uh, one of the things we're really, uh, of course, interested in doing uh, is indeed uh, getting the uh, Career Executive Corps um, to to focus on this early on, as everyone else seems to be doing around town. But, you know, I think as the administration works to continue a focus, too, on their own uh, agenda and getting that done, uh that may not be the case for all career executives across the board. So we really want to get them thinking about, for example, the, the kinds of things that are likely to arise in the course of the transition. Are they uh working on any initiatives that are over or under budget or behind or ahead of schedule or have failed to meet uh their expected value, et cetera? So we... In this first webinar, uh, we really started trying to get them to think about uh, the kinds of materials they're going to have to put together, but, but really the kinds of issues that are going to be at the forefront during that, that transition. And as we move along, uh, for those who haven't been through it before, we have some interesting conversations about what it's like to live with the transition team in your agency.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Carol. And and you know, I think that it must be a, a a challenging dynamic, especially for career leaders as as this administration uh tries to complete its work and is uh uh putting the pedal to the metal and, and getting things uh over the, the finish line, uh, whether that be regulations, other other policies or programs that, that that they're trying to put in place and uh for for especially uh senior career leaders. Uh, f- how finding that time and that balance of, of, of taking care of the day-to-day and the priorities of now and also thinking about um, what's to come in the future and preparing for, for the transition, I'm, I'm sure that that's a, uh, a difficult balance to strike.
3: Indeed, indeed, it is, Jason. And uh, you know, one of the the other things that uh, we did spend some time talking about in this uh, last uh, webinar was, or the first webinar, I should say, uh, is uh, the role of career executives who'll be enacting political positions, which is a, a really interesting challenge as to how to walk that line of keeping uh, everything moving that needs to be kept moving but yet not uh, moving ahead in such a way that they seem to be um, circumscribing the choices for the next administration. Um, So there are indeed challenges. One thing I did fail to mention, which I really should, is that uh, what's very exciting about this series is that we are doing it uh, with our Distinguished Executives Advisory Network, or the Dean's List, as we call them. so, I just uh, as briefly as I can, I will tell you that obviously over uh, 30 years or so, uh, SEA has, of course, uh, held a uh, banquet to uh, celebrate the achievements of distinguished rank awardees. And uh, about 10 years ago, Uh, I began something called the Morning of Reflections with the help of the Kennedy School where we brought these folks together who never get to meet each other um, and to share their experiences and their knowledge. And those have been extraordinarily interesting conversations. And over the course of doing that, uh, I just felt that uh, we, we just don't take advantage of these people and what they have to offer. I mean, they have the most... Uh, astonishing achievements of wealth of experience. So uh, we brought them together uh, with the help of the Volcker Alliance, and uh, the Distinguished Executive Network has been working with us on the presidential transition seminars and, in fact, has been supporting the uh, White House Leadership Development Program. So I think that's just... A very exciting aspect of of the transition effort that we're engaged in.
1: Absolutely, thanks so much, Carol, for for mentioning that and for for, for catching us up on on the work of of where SEA is uh, is focusing. Uh, I think this kind of conversation dovetails nicely into g- letting uh, giving Alan an opportunity to talk a bit about the uh, the management roadmap, uh, which which really is focusing on on this uh, kind of career career nexus, as well as a recent report on. On the importance of executive talent and, and how that executive talent can be uh, fostered and deployed uh, in in support of an administration's uh, priorities and goals and and managing uh, this this massive enterprise that is the federal government.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's hard to overstate the the importance of of the career executives and the career staff in you know, in making the administration go, uh, whether it's the outgoing or the incoming and. Uh, so to, to back up for a minute, the, our Management Roadmap is an initiative between the IBM Center for the Business of Government and the Partnership for Public Service. It's one of the, the four areas of focus for the partnership in their Center for Presidential Transition. And we had a series of roundtables, seven all together, that brought together current and former government leaders, both career and political, uh, and really tried to to mine the collective wisdom and the hundreds of years of experience around Uh, A range of management topics that I'll talk to in just a second. In in each of those roundtables, there was a couple of of facets that we tried to focus on. One is what are the transition teams? What can they do now? What can they start planning for now that that prepares them? Uh, What can the new administration in the in the setting up in the first days? uh, What can the actions can they take? And then also, uh, what can the career um, can the career executives do to help? uh, Tr- to support the transition process and the and the new leaders that are coming in, and and finally, how do you bridge the gap? So, as you mentioned, there's a lot of work that happens in any administration, and one of the one of the unfortunate things that happens in transitions, oftentimes, is is. A new team will come in, and, and everything that was being done before kind of gets thrown out. Uh, they may come back to it in a year or two and say, oh, yeah, actually, that was, that was really good work and and, uh, and it sort of started up again. But we're trying to, to avoid, to the extent that we can, sort of that throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And, and you know, whether you call it a new, uh, a new initiative or slap a new coat of paint on it, but you know, for the new teams, giving that guidance that uh, take a look at what's there because there's a lot of good work that's being done you know, across the government. Uh, so in these roundtables, we we looked at a couple of topic areas. We started off with really looking at at executive talent and the government's executive talent. That includes uh, political appointees, but it also includes career executives, and, and we made a very conscious focus on that. Uh, we looked at enterprise government and had a roundtable on how do you uh, how do you better connect cross agency initiatives and and make the government work as an enterprise more effectively. Uh, we looked at decision making and and how in the new administration uh, set up decision processes and and decision, whether it's the information they need, the analytics uh, that they need in order for leaders to be able to make smart and and timely decisions. Uh, We looked at innovation and how do you sustain and enhance innovation across an administration? Again, sort of how do you not only bridge the gap uh, between administrations, but how do you pick up and and advance uh, a number of areas around innovation? And then we looked at you know, those enablers and inhibitors that are specific to the federal government. So you know, whether you're coming in from, the, from a business background, for example, as an incoming appointee, there are a lot of things that are unique about the federal environment. And identifying and understanding what those are uh, is very helpful, we think, we hope, to, to an incoming team. Uh, so some of the key ideas that, that emerged from across those conversations, and we've got reports uh, on our website and on the, the partnership's website, presidentialtransitions.org and businessofgovernment.org. Uh, some of those ideas were you know the, the critical role of career executives across all of those topic areas and in helping prepare the new administration. Uh, another idea was this notion that it's easier to go fast than it is to go slow a lot of times. So whether it's putting appointees into place or helping uh, new teams get up to speed, it, that's often a, something to consider. the the importance of early planning, not only for the incoming team, but also, as we've mentioned, for agencies that are getting ready now. You know, start that planning early and and put yourself in position to to be really helpful to the incoming team. Um, And then, you know, looking at alignment, and how do you help to support alignment across the administration from the, you know, the White House through OMB, through the agencies? Uh, that's one of the biggest challenges. How do, you, how do you get to alignment with an incoming team um, and, and their priorities? So again, there was a lot of ground that we covered in these roundtables, a lot of interesting ideas. I encourage folks to go out and, and pick up the reports that are on the website and, and take a look and uh, happy to provide uh, additional information
1: as well. Thank, thank you, Alan and and, and Carol. I, if I'm uh, not mistaken, uh, I think SCA was part of some of those conversations, uh, particularly around the executive talent report. But uh, curious, your, your your response to some of what uh, Alan had mentioned. It sounds like there's a, there's a, uh, much synergy in, in some of the areas of focus here. Uh, and uh, curious, what what you think, what your thoughts are on that.
3: Indeed, uh, although he did remind me of one thing, I don't want to fail to mention, which is that. Uh, we are, uh, of course, t- taping the audio of these webinars, and the, both the audio and the PowerPoint slides will be up on SEA's website because we think that this is so important. Our webinars are normally just open to our membership, um, but this is such a, a critical arena for the entire executive corps that this webinar series is is open. Um, to the entire Executive Corps and those who are in GS-15 positions who are preparing uh, for uh, SES positions in the future. So um, I wanted to be certain that uh, people know that uh, they, they can avail themselves uh, of, of these resources. But you did raise a question, and I've now succeeded in uh mentioning that and forgetting what your question was jason
1: well well well, well that's <laughs> that's uh that's a okay that's uh an old uh, political hand trick you've you've picked up from uh, your many years <laughs> here in washington i'm I'm sure uh you know i was uh, I was just curious your your kind of response to to you know some of the the areas of focus of, of Alan, and you mentioned yeah. the, the White House leadership development program um and uh, that, that is one of those programs that, uh, you know, both of both of these organizations are uh, engaging with and, and trying to achieve that goal of uh, how do you work across the enterprise, how do you uh, facilitate uh, uh, movement on, on these cross-agency mm. big-picture goals of an administration that, that sometimes are hard to get at um, based on the framework of our government. And, you know, we're not set up around portfolios of issues. We, we still do have agencies that, that sometimes... Uh, silo and restrict uh, uh, collaboration uh, to, to the extent that we'd like to see it
3: indeed you know it's interesting because there has been over the last however many years let's let's say five years ten years. Uh, a good deal of focus uh, on, on the career executive corps, uh, whether good or bad, but but a, a lot of effort to uh, continually improve. Uh, you know whether it, it's been some of the uh, efforts undertaken by OPM with regard to uh, performance management or improving the QRBs, and that we have the White House Leadership Program, et cetera. So a lot of focus and a lot of good. Uh, thought and energy going into it and yet when the rubber hits the road uh, it has to do with the day-to-day role that these executives can play in agencies and that's why the incoming political team is so important because they set the tone and those who come in and understand that career executives uh, are there to make them successful uh, to enable them to work within the parameters of government, to provide them complete information. Those who come in that way, uh, of course, can establish a very good working relationship. But we know that not all come in that way. And I think top leadership is so critical to this. Uh, I, I can think of two instances, one with Bush 41 and his famous Uh, meeting in Constitution Hall very early in his administration, uh, to which all career executives were invited. And he had on the stage with him uh, the Distinguished Rank Awardees, which, if you think about it, uh, were those who had been nominated and awarded during the prior administration. And uh, he had a number of his appointees on the stage. And the message he sent was so powerful because it was clearly, you all are part of this team, and together we will be successful. And the executives who walked out of that that session uh, would have walked on water <laughs> for Bush 41, um, because it was a critical message. And there have been uh, cabinet officers over the years who've done a good job of this. I think of Gary Locke at, at Commerce who came in and very early on began very clear communication with the career team. And, uh, you know, without that, we can do a lot of the other things, and yet it, uh, it won't work as well if that team, that career political team, uh, does not mesh uh, as early as possible.
1: Absolutely. And that's a a great image uh, for us to to go into our our final break of the show here. Uh, We'll continue uh, Fed Talk after a word from our sponsor. You're listening to Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. We're in the last segment of our show where we're talking about. Uh, the upcoming presidential transition and the uh, the work of many organizations around town to to help prepare that uh, before the break, uh, Carol Bonassaro, uh, the uh, president emeritus for the Senior Executives Association, left us with a, a great image of uh, um, President uh, Bush, uh, number forty-one, uh, and and bringing together the the executive corps uh, along with his uh, political team early on in the administration and and, and how that helped. Uh, Set the tone. Uh, while we were uh, on break, Alan House from the IBM Center for the Business of Government is here in studio with me. Uh, Since so he wanted to, to kind of follow up on that as we we lead into our final minutes of the program here.
2: Yeah, thanks, Jason. And I just want to put a footstomp some of the some of the points that Carol was making because they really came out loud and clear, uh, not only in our in our roundtable on executive talent, but in a number of the other sessions that we had, uh, which is you know, that critical role that the career. Careers play in any administration, and actually achieving the results that uh, that the political leadership would like to achieve, and having the the uh, smooth functioning operation of the government. Some of the recommendations, I'll just touch on these real briefly, that came out of that report. And again, it's available on uh, online at businessofgovernment.org or presidentialtransition.org. But is the is a specific recommendation to create department and agency level joint executive management teams that that the design principle of those is that you do bring career and political executives together as part of the joint leadership team in agencies and departments. Um, and, and that you, you know, you go out explicitly as an administration to set up that, um, set that up. Um, the idea that, you know, similar to what Carol was saying that you bring together the, uh, the executives. And again, it could be both political and career uh, who have significant operational roles. Um, uh, and, you know, bring them together and create, you know, sense of, of ownership, of shared ownership between political and career executives for the, uh, for the functioning of, of government and the implementation of the policy priorities. Uh, so I think there are a number of those ideas that came out in the conversations. Um, you know, that's highlighting the presidential rank awards and, and continuing that, uh, meeting with the SES early in the administration, as Carol suggested. There are a lot of specific actions that we think the transition teams can think through in, in as they're doing their planning that can also uh, get going early very early in the next administration and really again with the, the overall goal of getting a, a fast start and smooth uh, smoothing out the transition period between the, the between the administrations.
1: Thanks Alan for for highlighting some of those those big picture recommendations and uh, and, and letting folks know where they can. Uh, find find those those reports and studies. It's a uh, excellent information there. Well, you know we have a few minutes left in the, in the program here, and and just curious to get the thoughts of of each of you on um, you, you know, it sounds like there's there's a lot going on right now, um, a, a lot positive, um and uh, and and maybe some things that were maybe not as far along as as we perhaps should be, or or, or that you you or your organizations might have some concerns about. Kind of curious to hear from each of you on uh, uh, on each side of that coin the the good and the bad of where we're at and and then uh, uh, maybe some thoughts uh, to leave with our guests as we uh, head into our final moments of the the show here uh, Alan you want to kick us off
2: sure so so I, I think there's a, a lot more good uh, that's happening now than than areas for concern As I mentioned the the stand up of the agency transition directors council uh, which hasn't met yet but I think'll Will soon uh, the executive order from the president that outlined that the work of GSA and NARA, uh, the Office of Government Ethics, and others that are really uh, actively engaged in gearing up for the work that they're going to be directly involved with in the transition teams, the you know the the positive signals from Congress and the legislation they passed earlier this year, so there's a lot of uh, things reasons to be optimistic that this transition can be. can be set up to to run smoothly Um, so I I don't know that I have any specific areas of of concern right now just recognizing that there's an awful lot of work to do uh, that you know one of the challenges is is in the briefing materials that agencies are preparing you know trying to figure out what it what does the incoming team need what do they don't need uh, what is useful to them and what is not. That's one of the areas where the, the partnership is trying to engage with both sides, both with the agencies and with the transition teams, so that you actually get a better fit between the information that agencies are providing versus what the transition teams can actually consume and use so that we don't end up with you know, five-inch uh, briefing binders that actually don't aren't the information that transition teams are using. So, you know, again, a long way to go, but, uh, but positive signs of progress.
3: I would uh, pick up on what Alan said. I mean, when things, uh, visions, I, I often have and worry about is indeed political pointies just being overwhelmed uh, so that while there might be lots of good advice out there, uh, there they sit with, you know, six thick briefing books on their desk, and that good advice is passing them by. So uh, that's important. How do you give them just what they need to know, everything they need to know and not more than they need to know? I think the second thing that concerns me is for, a indeed, for career executives who have not been through this uh, process at this level, is establishing uh, a new relationship. Uh, with a team and with their political superiors, and uh, in my experience, I haven't seen enough focus on that in preparation uh, of career executives, for example, during uh, the candidate development programs, And, and there is an art to it, and when it works well, it works well, and sometimes in spite of your best efforts, it doesn't work well. Uh, but that needs attention. But the big thing in my mind is uh, something we haven't mentioned uh, so far, and that is Congress and uh, the next administration's uh, position uh, vis-a-vis congressional efforts that uh, really are misguided and uh, are harming uh, civil service. And we've seen an awful lot of negative legislation, and I, for one, am concerned about the future uh, of the career civil service. And I think that uh, it, it's going to be uh, very critical what the next administration's position is going to be uh, with regard to civil service and merit systems, and not to say that everything that is in place right now uh, is, is perfect and can't be improved, but rather uh, that uh, I think some of the very negative uh, behavior of Congress and negative legislation uh, has got to be dealt with.
1: Absolutely. Well, well, thank you, Carol. Uh, I want to thank uh, all, all three of our guests for, for joining us today. Uh, Carol Bonasara, the President Emeritus of the Senior Executives Association, uh, Alan Howes, a fellow with the IBM Center for the Business of Government, who's the Project manager for the uh, Management Roadmap Initiative between the, the Center and the Partnership for Public Service, and Dr. David Chu, who joined us earlier uh, to talk about the work of the National Academy of Public Administration in this space. Uh, that's all the time we have for today to talk about the presidential transition. Fed Talk is brought to you by the law firm of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth. Have a great weekend.